As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Frankly, I feel like the narrative of negativity surrounding my name uh, all year pretty much has been bullshit. Um, I don't feel like it's been deserved. Um, You know, I do feel like people within the building, and I do feel like a lot of fans, um, appreciate me and what I can do for this team. Um, but yeah, the media pretty much all year has been pretty negative around me. And, uh, so I'm not going to act like I like that. I think, I think it was bullshit. I've played a lot of football here. Um, and I think I played well. Um, so that's that. Welcome into another episode of One of These Years, our Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Chris Burke, joined by Nick Baumgartner. This episode is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. You can sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. And you can find our podcast on The Athletic app ad-free with a subscription or at Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen. Subscribe, rate, review us. Let mm. us know on Twitter what you're thinking. <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, Ty, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, it was... Uh, yeah, it was. It was a slog watching that game live. A uh, slog is the perfect looked, word, I think. How that. it looked that on was, TV uh, there. 70 minutes of Big Ten West <laughs> football, uh, I would say, is pretty much what that was. As a quarterback, yeah, you couldn't throw right. the ball. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, that was hard to watch uh, for a number of different reasons because I feel like that's a game they should have won, like, 15 different times. And uh, I think that it felt like we've sort of reached the point of the year where it's like you guys are now sort of standing in your own way a little bit here. You know, like, I feel like you're – that was not – that didn't feel like – you know what I mean? Like, that didn't feel like the close losses to the Ravens or – it felt different. You know, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It was. I mean, they should have won. I, was I mean, it was one they should have won. I know you wrote about our <laughs> game, but like, there was a difference in that one. So I, I sort of wanted you. You were there. Uh, the vibe, I guess, from Campbell too. Maybe your thoughts on that, but like, just your thoughts in general, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, for a lot of reasons, that was not like what we've seen maybe in, in previous weeks. Yeah. Well, speaking of being there, before I get into that, I just wanted to give a quick shout out mm-hmm. to the lions in general, but the PR staff, Greg Maiola, one of their PR guys there. So I, it was my son's, my older son's eighth birthday this week. My wife's from Pittsburgh. So they came 
drove with me to the game. That's he went to the game. They went to the game together. Sat in the rain for four hours. Well, she's from Pittsburgh. Uh, she knows what that's like. But that was his first NFL game, and I mentioned it to. She's from Pittsburgh. She's a Steelers fan. So he was kind of on the fence about whether oh, he's going to cheer for the Lions. He wore nice. Lions stuff and Steelers stuff to the game. Um, but uh-huh. so I told him to get there early because I usually go watch warmups like down in the front row. They don't let mm-hmm. let us on the field, but I go watch in the front row. I like to be around. Like right. I was yeah, down yeah. there when Campbell came out to test the wireless headsets and tweeted yeah, out, like, by the way, "Hey, yeah, right. Dan Campbell might be calling all the plays today." Uh, so they got there early, and uh, awesome. Tim Boyle came over, played catch with him. Jamal Williams came over, played catch with him, and then uh, right as I was getting ready to go up to the press box. Uh, Jack Ooh, Fox walked over and signed his hat and tossed it up to him. Pretty so cool. that was a pretty cool day for him. I said, I told my wife, this is like, uh, like, yeah, we're at, right on the in bridge. terms of journalism <laughs> ethics. That was like right Whatever. on the border yeah. of what, <laughs> what we're allowed With to the do. Kid, but, it doesn't matter. Uh, they counts. gave it to him yeah. and not to yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's allowed. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so just wanted, it was a cool experience for him. I know he had a blast. He uh, after that he ripped off his Steelers jersey. Well, it's perfect. He wore both for a tie. It's perfect. <laughs> so, he was the happiest um, guy in the stadium. I gotta think. <laughs> right, and he he said hundred percent. He said that I think even coming out like, oh, that wasn't bad. Neither of my teams lost. Uh, but in terms of the game itself, yeah, it was interesting because I think like, and I wrote this like, I think if you would. Looked at this game at any point in the season, uh, and when the schedule came out, whatever, and said they went to overtime, had a few goal to win the game in yeah. Pittsburgh in November. Yeah, it. Been like, oh, yeah, that's right. that's pretty good. That's a good day for them, you know. And you okay. say, and then you add on that, like, well, they rushed for two hundred yards. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> What's the problem here? And I think the problems are that. Right. A, obviously, the Steelers didn't have Ben Roethlisberger, the who night before, they found out was going to be out yeah, right. like, yeah. what, 16 hours before kickoff, something like that. Uh, but B, is that they did do all those things. DeAndre Swift rushed for five and a half yards per carry in the first half. They had two long touchdown runs, one from Jamar Jefferson, one from Godwin Igwebuke. They forced three turnovers. The defense had a couple breakdowns, but held up pretty well. And somehow... You'd get to the end of this game, and in the fourth quarter, it looked right. like they yeah. were just trying to get to overtime, frankly. Like, that's what it seemed like. And then in overtime, you know, they hit the big pass to St. Brown to open up, and they get to field goal range and miss that field goal. And that was really yeah. the only time they threatened over the last, like, 20, 25 minutes of the game. And I think that's why at the end, you yeah. know, they didn't lose, so you're not going 0-17. But I don't know. I mean, it was all there. The Steelers yes. looked like they yes. were actively were trying to give that game really... away for a while. And <laughs> there were some really bad. They still didn't like, take advantage of it. So. Okay, guys, like dropped interceptions. You know, not just the missed field goals. Like, what are you doing? Uh, where it just felt, I don't know. It felt to me that they got away this week from, and they got back to it, which is why this was such a weird game. Because it felt like it was like a multiple games all in one. Like, not just because it went to overtime and all the way through overtime. <laughs> Over time, but like the Campbell headset right, thing, right? <laughs> and like you know, calling the plays. And I, again, I want to stress, like, and he said this after the game that this has been a very collaborative uh, play calling situation since the beginning of the season. You know, which is understandable for a lot of reasons. Like Anthony Lynn's a sure. former head coach himself. I think he would understand that. You know, he's not going to have a giant ego. I don't think in the in the case that you would see maybe with some younger guys. Um, so I think he would be more open to that by nature anyway. 
So I don't know what it was like. I don't know if it was Campbell. I don't think we know that, right? Was it Campbell making every single decision or was it Campbell just relaying the call? We don't know what all the difference. I mean, did he say one way or the other? Yeah. He he didn't really say. He said like, you know, and Lynn said yeah. too during the week, you know, there have been times this year where Campbell's taken over the play calling or he's made some play calls. Right. And I think you could probably could go back and circle yeah. some of them, right. like the third and one, fourth and one runs in LA, you know, some of those moments. I I couldn't we don't know for sure. I tweeted this out too at some point. Like I part of what the reason he was out there testing is before yeah. the game was because, you know, they they'd never done that before this year. So they were making sure that, you know, it was gonna work to the helmets and everything, just the technical part of it. But he was someone's also showing him yeah, right, how to change channels, like how to yeah. click back and forth on the thing so to make sure he was going to the right spot. And uh so at the end of every play he was clicking on and talking to, I assume, Anthony Lynn and then clicking over and talking to Jared Goff. So, yeah. it's, I mean, Anthony Lynn might have called 80% Connor of those Goff, plays yeah, and right. Campbell just wanted to be the guy telling. And, right. And I think right. that's possible. That I don't think was, Dan I mean, Campbell like, called 100% the same time, of that though, game. What I would say, the beginning of the game, and there were pockets of this game where, and I understand why, you know, it was like, let's start fast, let's start with tempo, let's start with this, let's start with that and all this. Like, I understand why it's like we're trying everything. We're not, we're, we're trying to do all we can. But a lot of that, I think, was like we're trying to make golf sort of comfortable and, and do some things that he's used to and all this. Which, you know, like, to a degree, I understand some of that. But I, I also think it's time, like, uh, your quarterback needs to fit into your offense. Your quarterback needs to fit into what you do well. And it can't be the other way. You can't be bending your team to make Jared Goff comfortable anymore. And I think that we saw some of that again in this game and I, I can't, I can't watch it anymore. Like, I think that that's sort of where I'm at with it, where it's like this football team's strength is DeAndre <laughs> Swift and the offensive yeah. line. And now that Decker's back and we're going to talk about him in a second, it's absolutely DeAndre Swift right. and the offensive line. If your quarterback cannot compliment that, then he needs to get the hell off the field. Like that's how that has to go. And I think that it's time someone somewhere starts looking at this situation that way because he is holding the, he being Jared Goff and I know he was hurt, but like he's holding the offense back period. End of story. There's no other way to get at it anymore. It's been 10 games, whatever. Like if he's hurt, what, whatever. I mean, he's not making plays. He's not making throws. He's holding them back. He doesn't fit what they want to do. He doesn't fit with their best stuff, at least what we've seen so far. So either he needs to work on fitting with that or they need to look elsewhere, but trying to flip it, and have him, like, I don't like that. That has to stop. Their identity has to remain their identity and stay that way the whole season, I think. Or or you're going to lose guys on the team. Like, that's what I was worried about when I saw some of that. And now, to credit them, they got back to, you know, they ran the ball 75 times or whatever. So they got back, they got back to doing what they do. But I did not like the start of that. That was different. <laughs> right. That felt like right. them trying to do something that they're not for maybe the first time all year. And I it just didn't feel right to me. And I... I think you probably felt the same way. I was curious to see your thoughts, but yeah, I mean, I just, it, it felt weird in a bad way at the beginning and um, maybe kind of the whole way. And it was just kind of an awkward day, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was weird because I think you're right. I think that and Campbell sort of said all through the week, like this is a team, the Steelers are, you know, we know what you're going right. to get from the Steelers. It's going to be 60 minutes. Yeah, it's going right. to be in the trenches. And then the weather was bad and, and so I think some of this was just them saying, look, let's just yeah, take right. their game 
and go right at them with it. We can do you know? that. Like yeah. they want to play right. in in the trenches. Let's just we got Decker back. Let's just smack him in the mouth and see what happens. And so I think that that was some of the game plan. It sounded like they, frankly, kind of freaked out a little bit when the weather was worse yeah. than they thought it was going to be. Like they had a conservative game plan anyway, then and then it was the rainier, like early in the history. game. They're like, oh, well, that's terrible. Um, so I think some of that happened too. But I think you're right. I mean, I think that that was probably the frustrating thing because no. Mason Rudolph yeah. is. Horrible. Not good. He played a bad game. Some of those throws looked like he threw with the wrong hand. Like it was just ugly. Yeah. But they threw 50 times. And as the Lions started coming up, the Lions had to bring a bunch of guys, as everyone does against the Steelers, mm-hmm. up to try and deal with Najee Harris. And so, so there were several points in that game yeah. where the Steelers just said, All right, well, let's just take a shot. And they took a shot and they didn't really hit that many of them. They hit a couple, but. That's what you have to do that. If you can't even do that, if you can't even get to the point where you look at it and say, all right, well, we've got seven in the box. Let's just let's go. Let someone make a play. I don't know what you do. And then you add on top of that, that uh, just the other things that we've always (laughs) we've always we heard about golf. We saw from golf last year. You were worried about with golf, just that he doesn't give you any sort of athleticism or escapability there, even like the play. The deep ball, the Ray- Khalif Raymond that was incomplete, sort of the perfect example of this. And it's one of those that was like, what do you want to see? Like, what are you, how do you see this with this offense? Like, are you at Goff, are you defending him as Campbell continues yeah, to do? Because right. there was like a little bit of pressure there and he had to adjust slightly. Or do you want to go the other way and say, all right, well, look, I think they rushed four yeah. on that play. Maybe they brought a fifth guy late, but I think they rushed four. Decker did a great job on the blind side. The only pressure came over center. Evan Brown got beat a little bit, but recovered enough to sort of redirect his guy past Goff. And so there was a space there for Goff to, A, either hurry up his process and throw it, or B, take one step to his left, have nothing in front of him, and just let it fly. And instead, he kind of threw it, you know, funky. Yeah. The pressure there. He got hurt making the throw. (laughs) The ball floated. It didn't get there. And I guess that's those are the things that I everything with him just yeah, it's looks slow. so it's too slow. Yeah, slow. The process of it is just so yep. slow. That yep. one play where they uh, they had trips to his right, Swift sprinted out of the backfield. They freaked the screen. He turned yeah. back to throw to Hawkinson. Yeah, almost threw a pick. It just took forever. You have to have every single thing in place on every single play. But that's being an NFL or it's quarterback. Not gonna happen. And yeah, that's just that's, being an NFL quarterback. That's like the frustrating. The, there was another one too, right. like yeah. that uh, earlier in the game where uh, Daryl Johnston was criticizing like the play design, which he did not have his best day calling uh, football. Uh, <laughs> but that's a separate issue. But uh, like um, <laughs> Andy Isaac tweeted it out the video and was like, "What the hell was this play or whatever?" And I like looked at him like, "Well, St. Brown's getting." his ass kicked in the slot on that. But then I'm like, but then like someone else, uh, Eric Schlitt tweeted, he's like, yeah, but golf's also like slow as hell on this. And he, Eric was right. Like he's taking forever because like Amon Ra's not going to be able right. to hold that block. Yeah. He did get beat pretty bad, but he's not going to be able to hold that block forever. He's going to be able to get a chunk of that guy. And then you're going to have Swift make a move and beat him. That's the idea of the play. And the ball's not coming out. He's not even making like pivots. Fast enough, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, these are things that we're we're seeing here, where it's like, I can't figure out what's happening in terms of. Does Dan Campbell think that Jared Goff is possibly the, an answer at quarterback for X number of years, 
Or is Dan Campbell trying to do all in his power to prove that he's not? And so that this front office will get on board with him and make a decision that this is not where we need to be. Because, like, what I'm looking at right here is all evidence. Yeah. Every shred of evidence we have in 2021 so far is screaming that he is not the quarterback. He cannot be your quarterback. You have to go somewhere else. You have to figure it out. And now, there's still a month and a half to go. <laughs> like, we've talked about this all year. But there's been nothing to date that suggests anything to the opposite. If you're going to look at this objectively, nothing. And I, I just don't know what else, you know, are there, maybe there's things behind the scenes that we're not seeing, but nothing that would, that would, I, I'd be willing to over entertain that would overtake what we've seen on the field. Like that would weigh more. He's been a hindrance. Like I, I just, if you had better quarterback play, you would not be 08 and one or whatever, you know, or oh, is it 09 and one, 08 and one, whatever it is. Like, I just, I don't think that would be the case. Am I wrong? I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't think I am in this case, but I, I guess it's up to, I can't figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just, I, and I, I, and I think that was, and I do want to get into Decker. We heard that comment yeah. from him off the top because I think that's interesting too. But I think that that was, again, like if you laid that game out the way it unfolded, you got pretty much everything you wanted from a road game in November against a playoff contender, except you can't yeah. throw the ball at all. And <laughs> you don't even try to throw the ball at all. Right. And then I think the thing that, and I, this is mainly what my column was, and people, a lot of people who are listening probably read it, but it's just really curious to me that after every game, it's never, there was, I think there was the one game where Campbell said, well, we need golf to put a little bit more on his shoulders. Yeah. He's got to do some more. Everything else has been, you know, he was fighting through something and it was raining. The pass rush didn't hold up well enough. Well, guys aren't getting open when they're supposed to be getting open. And it's just like this laundry list of, Things that are out of his control that are making him play the way he does. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just they're trying to protect his ego. Like I don't know uh, what the explanation. They have to be see Like, if Campbell doesn't, I guarantee you Anthony Lynn and Aaron uh, Glenn are looking at this and saying, what like, what? Doing? Like, Glenn's yeah. got to be saying, well, what can I call? If we can't. What? Can we get an ETA on Boyle's thumb? If we like, can't throw the ball downfield, I can't call a whole lot. And Glenn's right. got to be going into all these games saying, all right, we can't give up more than 13 or it's over. <laughs> and that right. changes everything you do for the with, entire day. That changes how Aaron Glenn has to approach right. every third down on defense because you right. can't give up touchdowns ever. And it changes yeah. like your first and second down calls because like, if you get sacked, we've seen this happen. If you get mm-hmm. sacked, that's it. The drive's over. 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 You might as well punt. uh, (laughs) I (laughs) kind of laugh every time now. I feel bad about it. But just (laughs) picturing your reaction when Goff does the Uh, spin spin, out the backside of the pressure. I don't think it's worked once this year. No. I can't (laughs) imagine it's ever worked. Like, in his career. That's part of but that's part of what I mean. Like, what is the process going on in his head? Panic. <laughs> it's panic. I th- there's no other way. I mean, I, it's like last resort. And I think that that's the... I go back to that day that you talked about where Campbell was, like, racking his brain for the right words, right? Where he's like, he's got to help us or whatever. And he was talking... He was frustrated that day, I think, about the spin moves and, like, getting too deep in the pocket. And, like, it's that gun-shy stuff that we see from him that's like, you are not going to acquit yourself well with a coaching staff like this in a locker room like that if you are flinching in the pocket and spinning away from sacks that and making them worse as a result. Like, I just, 
I don't see a fit here. I don't see a fit. And like all the things Holmes talked about in the winter, you know, I know Jared and I think it'll work and all these stuff like that we talked about all year, like how much are they actually thinking that and how much of that was a means to an end? I, I guess we still don't know the answer to that. But I get, I got to think that whatever Holmes's plan was, even if it was like maybe he's a means to an end, like he at least was hoping like it got, it's got to be better than this because like this, you, you're not even masquerading that this could be an answer. No one will buy that. Like that's what I'm, that's where we're at here with this, right? Like if you look around, like no, if you go, if the season were to end today and like off season day one starts tomorrow and Holmes came out and said, golf's our quarterback. How do you think that would go? I don't think it would go well. And I know that the money is the money, but like, yeah, that's where what his play has done. That's the situation. He's put himself in that situation by being the worst starting quarterback in the NFL this year. I don't know how else to say that either. Like, I mean, he's been bad all year, and it's yeah. not just the guys around him. It's not. He's been bad. So this was a huge opportunity, and frankly, he hasn't taken advantage of it. I don't know how you could argue that he has. And so, you know, there are questions that have to be answered here as they go down the stretch that maybe they didn't want to have to answer in year one, but you know what? That's part of the deal here. And I think that that's, that's where some of the focus has to go is, as this thing goes down the stretch drive. I don't well, know how I, else to look at it. Yeah. And I, I think that, and we've heard this from them a lot of times too. Like we know there's going to be some rough moments. We know the stuff's going to be bad. We got to focus on what's going well. And so I think. That gets harder to do. Harder to do. It does. You know? But in the interest of just not always talking about the issues yeah. of quarterback on here, I, again, I do think. You look at especially the first half of that game, right? And if you put a a competent passing game in there, like that's Ugh. what the Lions want. That's what Dan Campbell wants this to look like. He yeah, wants they would have won by two touchdowns to be able to mash <laughs> right. mash right. defenses and control tempo and hit. The, he's mentioned a few times like he wants it to be built on defense and explosive plays. They hit two yeah, explosive right. plays in the run game. Swift. I don't know. Like, I guess it sort of depends on how they define explosive plays like 15 20 whatever however many yards but swift had a couple that were probably right on the board or two so they were at like four or five of them in the first Mm -hmm. half they were in position to win the game like that you can kind of imagine like down the road if you have a better quarterback in there and another receiver like that is how you're going to win games on the road when you're in playoff contention that was it right there Mm -hmm. and i thought they did some really nice things i mentioned in our observations like they didn't use Amon Ross St. Brown outside they, really at all. They promised they would, and or he promised that they would, and then <laughs> that promised, didn't really happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought they did some really nice things with him. They ran a couple good screens with him. They The one in overtime, they motioned yeah. him in, in mm-hmm. behind the tight ends. It, like It made it look like a run play, and then ran play action, and he released across the middle, was wide open. Like They did some really good stuff with him. I think they're designing still some plays that are oh, yeah. smart. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I then... Agree. You just get to a point in every game and almost in every possession where you're like, all right, well, it's third and seven. We don't really you have this make in our play. bag. What yeah, do we right. do here? <laughs> yeah, right. We run it. It's, it was the answer yeah, in that game. run a screen. And, right. And they just kept running on third and ten. It's, the, it's a great point because I'm glad you brought up Swift because this is the point. Like, he played really well in this game, yeah. I think. And, yep. and, and, you know, there were still some mistakes, I think, that he made in there. But, like, I think the way that they've challenged him this year – if you're looking at it from that standpoint, like I think he really played well. He, I told you after the game, like we were talking, like he got some Kamara yards in this game, like where he put his shoulder down, made a right decision with his feet. You know, they needed six yards, he got him six. Right, like he did, 
he was there. And I think that he was a star type player and a star type effort. And he's getting better. You know, Sewell flips over to the right side and is playing really well. Decker comes back and, you know, I don't think it was perfect. And he probably wouldn't tell you that, but he threw some really nice blocks. Like you're getting improvement. You're getting improvement from guys like in a lot of areas. And then you go right back to, like you said, and you can't complete a third and six. And it's like, you're not going to be able to look at every other guy on the team in December who is improving and say, hey, we're doing all we can here. Stay with me. Because you're not doing all you can here. Because your quarterback is not giving you what everyone else is giving you. It's he's not. It's not there. Like, And I think that it's going to be harder. Campbell said it last week. Part of our job is to keep everybody in the boat. It's going to be harder to do that if you continue to lose games only because you cannot throw a 12-yard pass on third and six. Like, that's the only reason why they lost that game. It's the only reason why they've lost, like, three games this year. And it's going to be harder to explain those away to your roster and have them look look at you the way that they've looked at Campbell all year and trusted him. The trust gets harder when that quarterback is letting you down like that and everybody sees it, and you're not going to make a decision or change. And I know that they've been in a tough spot with that too. Like, but that's, I guess, the point, is you're getting a lot of improvement in a lot of other areas, and it's going to be harder to sort of, like, keep that on the same plane together. You want to keep that improvement, you know, aligned, and you want to have it grow together and kind of take off together, and it's harder to do that, I think, you know? Like, that's that's my concern for them, is yeah. they are getting a lot of good stuff from a lot of areas where you do you want it, but it's not tying together, because Goff's not tying it together, I guess, right. is the answer, you know? Well, and also, as, I'm, as I wrote, you know, they, Campbell has stressed several times now over the last couple weeks, like, we have to do a better job of getting touches for everyone and using everyone on yeah. our offense. And then you got into this game, I think did. it was fine to feed Swift because he was playing really well. And they got Amon Ross, like, six mm-hmm. targets, I think. And that was it. Like, yeah, Hawkinson that, didn't have a catch. Right. Yeah. They tried the one deep shot to Raymond, but they didn't. we didn't see any of the stuff that they – Really, any of the stuff really that they can do with him, you know, motioning him and throwing those screens to him and all those little crossing routes and letting him go, like none of that. None they of the other guys. They did get Jamar Jefferson involved. They that did. The they got the run got... game involved, but in terms That's of the pa- think, passing yeah, attack, the like game. you right, just yeah. if you're yeah. trying, if you're saying the way to make golf better is to spread the spread it out, get everyone right. some touches, and let's just see what happens. They didn't even really try to do that. So <laughs> it's very yeah. confusing yeah, right. uh, for me to sit there and watch this. And I don't know. I, I I do understand the people who keep coming at me on Twitter and saying, well, you're putting too much on. This isn't Goff's fault. You can't blame him. This right. roster isn't very good. And I think that some of that is true. I do think it's easy to blame the quarterback when things are going poorly. But and we're all seeing it. You all, yeah, everyone sees it. You yeah. saw that they went into that game, and from the moment it started, it was part. Yeah, we can run with them. We can we can beat them up front. We can use DeAndre Swift. This is going to be a good game plan for us. That's part of it for sure. Yeah. That part's great. The other part of the game plan was we, if we throw the ball, we're going to get sacked and we're going to turn it over. So let's just not throw the ball. And like, how can you can't. Right win football games like that. Yeah. And I and I and I and look, and I don't want this to come across any other way. Like I think I think the guys like Jared Goff. I think he's done sure. you know, he plays he plays hard. He gives them everything he can. It, it bothers him when they lose. I think that we've all seen that too. But like And I think he not, was part of the run game too. Like they said yeah, Swift sure. was, Swift mentioned he was really good with 
his kill calls at the line and getting Get guys in going in the right, the right direction. Yeah, right. Like I think he read it well in the run yeah. game. So we'll give him that. Yeah, and I think that all those things and fitting into an awkward situation and all the things that Campbell's tried to be so sensitive of are all fair. And it's like, and I understand all of them. And you, and there are times where you, do, I feel bad for him, where it's like, but it's not there. It just hasn't been there. And it's like, I just don't know. If it's going to be, you know, like what's going to happen that, that changes? Like, I don't, it's not from lack of effort. It's not from lack of work. It's not from lack of want to, like we've talked about. Like Goff's been dead serious about this since the day he walked in the door. And so have the Lions about giving him every opportunity and, you know, making this work. And it's been a slog, as we said at the top. (laughs) And I just don't know if it's there. And I, you know, that's, do you, do you force another year out of that? Because you th- somehow maybe think that there will be something that will change, or do you have to call a spade a spade for the betterment of your project and change your math as you go? Like we talked about at the very beginning of this in January, like this is a clean as you go rebuild, and you know that's how it has to be done these days. And I think that that has to be all all positions have to be considered, and then I think that that remains. Like we wrote that the other week about quarterback, like you can't be done here. You can't just pack up shop. <laughs> And be like, we're just going to go at it again with golf and see what happens. I, I don't. If this continues, you're doing, you're not doing yourself a, you know, you're not doing everything you can because you're getting good stuff from other pieces of this roster. That if you can find a way to thread it together, you're going to surprise yourself. I do think that. I do th- because there's been good things here. You know, good things happening. Like guys getting better defensively. Guys getting better. You know, like. Charles uh, Harris played a great game, right? Like you're finding things from guys, but if it, you don't have a quarterback that can keep the thing on the track, that's part of his job too, is keeping everybody in the boat. If you can't do that, man, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really uphill. And I think that's my fear for them right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So let's get into Decker a little bit. I do want to talk about the defense too, because I think as you talk about improvements and areas that need to get better, there's stuff that jumped out for sure on defense. But Decker, we played the comments off the top. Pretty fiery. Uh, he didn't speak to the <laughs> yes. media last week as he was coming back. He said he'd talk to the media after he got back and played. So right. he talked Monday on Zoom. Uh, and again, you heard it at the top. He said, <laughs> you know, the narrative of negativity surrounding my name all year has been bullshit. Uh, yeah. I don't feel like it's deserved. The media has been pretty negative <laughs> uh, around me, um, which I, I frankly, honestly, I don't know what media well, he's referencing there i know that yeah. he's referencing in general there was this sure yeah strange idea from means. somewhere that yeah you know he got hurt it was a finger injury which you know people hear that and then like oh well come on let's go uh right. but <laughs> right yeah and he was out for two plus months and I, and there were i think there was some chatter here that he was sort of slow playing this because it was it wasn't a very good team Um, and he just wasn't really rushing to get back. And then he told us Monday that the injury he suffered right at the end of 
the preseason, uh, right before the regular season opener, was required uh, five screws and a plate in his hand. So this wasn't like right. a chipped bone somewhere. Right. Like he right. shattered something in there. Uh, and again, I don't know where the narrative necessarily even came from that he's talking about, but um, we saw what it meant to have him back. And I, I mean, I don't. Are we really questioning Taylor Decker's desire I mean, I don't think to drive we've here? Ever <laughs> Not that. us, but I, I don't mean, think it's anybody like on the beat. The collective, the collective we. I guess. But I think, yeah, I, I, it's been a weird thing, and I think that for two reasons, Sewell's Sewell factoring into this is what kicked all this off. I mean, when when Sewell came out against Nick Bosa and played well, and Bosa said he sh- thinks he should be on the left side. The whole everything went haywire. That turned into <laughs> yeah, Jeff right. Schwartz on Twitter just taking, you know, well, he needs to never play right tackle again because I think Jeff's like he needs to be paid like a left tackle. I think that that's what sure. I think that's what that was. And that turns into fans losing their mind and immediately being like, well, we need to cut Decker, right? Well, just tra- trade him. He sucks, right? He sucks. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. He sucks. What are you talking about? He sucks. Like it became this thing like overnight that suddenly Decker sucks on Twitter. And you're like, well, we're, he was one of the best tackles in football last year. Well, then he needs to move to right or get the hell out. Well, what the hell's going on here? And then it just like spiraled, I think. And then anytime that happens on Twitter, it becomes easy fodder for talk radio, which is what happened. And so, no, I don't think anybody who's watched football and knows anything about football has questioned Taylor Decker's toughness or the fact that the Lions like him. I think that that's the thing that probably maybe offended him more than anything was like there was a perception that the Lions like didn't think he was very good or something, which was like, or the new staff maybe didn't like him or whatever, which I don't think right. has been true at all. And it could be further from the truth. Like all the guys have said all year, like we want him back in there. We want him back in there. So no, I mean, I, I think that was a really good first day of uh, seeing him and Sewell together. Like Sewell played really well on the right side. I think that, you know, there was some things from him probably on Taylor's side that he probably would have liked better, but they'll probably come in time with, you know, getting the rust knocked off. But I mean, he made some really good blocks too in the run game. So like, that was super encouraging, I thought. I thought that was a really good day for the offensive line. Um, and we also saw, you know, what that did with Sewell going over to the right side and running around in the screens, you know, like we talked about. So, like, he's right to be pissed because it was bullshit and it was a bunch of shit that started on Twitter for no reason at all. And people <laughs> took it a thousand miles in the wrong direction like they yeah, always well, do. Right, of course. Uh, but it wasn't the media i would say i think it was more twitter but you know that's whatever but i you know i mean i think it was it's good for them that he's back uh i think that's um that's a positive i think they're in a good place there you you wish that ragnow was healthy of course for them but, sure you know we'll see how it goes well and sewell also said something interesting i think after the game which um you know someone uh Ask like how just in general you know how was the transition did you find it harder to go back to right after yeah. playing left for eight? eight, 10 weeks, whatever it was. And he said, you know, actually, I think it, I can't really explain it, but I think it helped me to play left tackle. I felt more comfortable going back to the right side, even though he had to flip the footwork and everything. I just felt, I think it helped. Complete player. Yeah. And I think, yeah, right. And I think there's something to be said too, for I'm sure whether he's playing left or right, just adjusting to the speed of everything he's seen. uh, You know, he's just a more experienced player now than he was uh, September 10th or whatever it was. But yeah, I mean, I think he played well there, and you you mentioned like like I think that's part of why the run game worked mm-hmm. because you could go as we talked about you Absolutely. could go either way with it. We saw there yep. was the one 
Tamar's uh, touchdown was right behind Decker. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There was, yep. And the the one I think the Iguabuke one was on the other side. It was yep, uh, on the right side. Sewell, mm-hmm. uh, and Sewell, as you mentioned on the, some of those screens, he got out front on the one uh, St. Brown yeah. third down just conversion. That was one. just yeah. an incredible block. Like he yeah. took a step Jesus. or two forward and then right. got almost out outside the hash marks somehow and Ugh. it wasn't like a pancake but he got enough of that guy got there yeah it right. was like you cannot even ask many tackles to go do that um right and i think the other thing that was important as dan campbell mentioned especially with this game plan matt nelson is a way better extra yeah. tackle than he is a starting tackle he was really good in the run game when he was in there yeah that uh, was really so good so it does it makes everything better across the board to have Decker in there and I'm sure it stabilizes thing I mean even just looking at this roster he is among the most experienced players oh, on this God. team now yeah. <laughs> so, he's a pro bowl level player I mean like that's what he, he is yeah. like the only the only thing I think that we entertained was like if Sewell is this revelation at left tackle where he's like a Trent Williams type player immediately then maybe you could use Decker as like a trade piece if you're desperate to add something somewhere else that's the only thing where that would change math on that but like he's a pro bowl the the better option is to keep him <laughs> and just to like build your line going forward as this behemoth that you thought you could possibly have which i'm glad you mentioned we're you talking about the sewell the uh screens and i said earlier that i thought daryl johnson did not have his best day uh, on the old call there <laughs> and he didn't because part of his criticisms uh, included criticizing a play design on Sewell getting out on a screen. This is ridiculous. How are you asking your right tackle to do this? Well, uh, Daryl, I don't think you've ever seen this guy. He can actually do it. Like, he did it in this game. Oh, like, man. There are some crazy things that this guy can do, and we, and I don't even think we've seen some of this stuff yet. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that there's a lot more there, and, you know, it was cool to hear that from Sewell, you know, the, the click part about, like, you know, Campbell said it the week before. He didn't all the way say it, but I think he was sort of intimating it. Like it made him, I'm sure it made him a better player because of just the way he sees the game. And he is a phenomenal athlete, like a generational. When we said that in the winter, like we meant it, like we weren't making that up. Like he is a generational, never seen anybody like him athlete. I've never seen anybody like him. I know you haven't. He's one of a kind. Like that's the type of guy he is. So I think that people have to keep that in mind when you when you think about these things. And it, it can't be – there are so many people were looking at it black and white. Like, well, he's left tackle now. He can't go back to right. You can't do that. Well, why the hell not? Like, why? <laughs> like who says you can't do that? I mean, he's a special – he's a special talent. That's why you drafted him. So cool to see that that played out. You know, like I think that, that that should settle people down going forward. And, you know, I guess good for Decker for telling 97-1 to shut the hell up. Maybe I don't know. guess <laughs> that's probably what he was going in with that one. We're assuming said it. That's where that's uh, coming from. Yeah, right. Well, I think the other thing was, I think this was also a good uh, measuring stick for Sewell because as we've been pro- tracking his progress, it's been, this was TJ Watt until TJ yeah. Watt got hurt. And this right. was the type of matchup that we had said earlier in the year, like Nick Bosa. Him. Okay. Maybe you can hang out. I mean, Nick Bosa is an incredible player, but mm-hmm. his style, y- you didn't hate that matchup. We've right, seen some yeah. of these other ones where it's guys who can just put the jets on and, and turn the corner and yeah. wreak havoc that way uh, are, are a little tougher for Sewell. And I think he held up really well in this game. And and so I think that that was important to see too, is just that 
you know, he's progressing in all the ways you want to see him progress. And yeah, again, I said this last week, like if you're going to move Decker and I still think it's possible that they look at it in the off season and say, what can we get for him? I think you should at least look at it. Yeah. Right. But you're going from Decker and Sewell to Sewell and TBD as your starting tackle. And it's probably not going to be as good. So (laughs) that's something you got to take into account too, because I think that right now, like you said, if they're going to win like this, if this is the type of team they want to build, this could be one of the best tackle duels in football for the next five years. And Hey, look, let's say this right here. Taylor Decker wants to be here in Detroit. Right. And I think that's important. Which counts. I think it counts a lot. And I think that that's something as you go forward, he wants to be here. Ragnow wants to be here. As long as those guys want to be here, you would think that Sewell's going to be okay with it. Like, I mean, you get good players that want to be here, you keep them here. I think that that needs to start being a thing that, you know, the Lions embrace more. Okay. Like, you just got out of the Patricia disaster. We saw all the things we saw there. Like, everything Taylor Decker has said since he's got here has been nothing more than I want to be nothing more than the best left tackle I could be for the Detroit Lions as long as I can do it. Like, I want to help them win as many games as I possibly can. I'm indebted to them forever for changing my life. Like, that's what we hear from Taylor. So, like, those are guys that you want to keep and you want them here because this is not a place that everybody wants to be, okay? Like, we know that. So, I think that that is something that's important, too. And that is something that needs to be taken into account more by the people who make comments about this team with audiences, I would say. And I'll leave it. <laughs> I will leave that at that. But uh, yeah, there's, there's that conversation. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, that, that's a factor. Yeah, I think that has right. to be a factor. Yeah, yeah for like, sure. Like you, you've got guys like if they're here for it, like that has to be embraced. And I don't think it's disingenuous or whatever. I, and I, and I, I think he has a right to be upset because like. He's never shown anything other than like a commitment to one. I remember when he got his extension, when Quinn extended him, like he was, you know, he broke down. I mean, he was like, talked to his dad and his mom on the phone. Like it was meant a lot to him. You know, like I, I think that, um, yeah, it probably was hard for him to, to hear all that sort of thing because uh, I think that the, the project here and everything else about the Lions rebuild means a lot to him because I think that it meant a lot to him that this staff still thinks he's a big part of it. So you get guys like that, you, you probably want to hang on to him. I think that's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, the idea, like we see guys take, maybe they'll take a game off. They won't be a full, we yeah. saw it with Jamie Collins a little bit, sure. but yeah. the the idea that any NFL player is out there like just right. going through the motions, half assing it, right? Like, I don't no way. think that that is happening very often. You get killed. If you, you'll die if <laughs> right. you're out there half assing right. yeah. it. Somebody will light you up and you will, you'll die. Like, you won't make it. So, like, not a thing. Okay. Yeah, right. Not a thing. Half-assing it in NFL football. Two things that don't go together. Yeah, I would say that. Okay. Defensively, Mason Rudolph, as I said, clearly not great. Uh, he made a couple plays with his legs, which again, <laughs> if you're yeah, talking geez. quarterback, it'd be <laughs> nice if your quarterback could do that every once in a while. <laughs> he had the one where he just reversed field and got like 26. He had another one. He got him inside the 10. Oh, that, uh, the play yeah. that Tracy Walker got hurt on, he lowered his shoulder, that violent collision at the end. Yeah. Um, so he did that a couple times. I think he rushed for like 40 yards or something, which mm-hmm. was, was some of the one. best stuff he did, frankly, yeah. after the first drive. The first drive, he looked like he was going to have like a 400-yard day, yeah, yeah. and then it all kind of fell apart. Maybe it was the rain. We heard it was bad weather. Um, but I, I thought 
for the most part, the defense held up all right. You know, I don't, the pass rush was the yeah. pass rush is a problem. I think in general right now, um, it's not consistent. Yeah, you know. yeah, but and that was it was nowhere to be found, no matter what Aaron Glenn did. But I think otherwise, you know, I I actually thought they did a pretty decent job in spite of some missed tackles on Najee Harris. I thought Aaron Glenn. I'm sure we'll talk about this Thursday at his presser. Oruwariye and Jacobs looked pretty rough early in that game, and then yes. both came back and made some huge yes. plays yes, in the second did. half in one-on-one spots, really, where they just – some of those plays I said where the Steelers just said, let's just throw it. Let's see what we can yeah. do. Uh, and they came back and made some huge plays. Even Mark Gilbert came in for Jacobs. Uh, <laughs> maybe the first time you've ever heard the name. Uh, yeah, Gilbert. I was like, who the hell is this? Uh, I was and like, who's 40? He's My just God. Been, yeah, they picked him up from the Steelers. They've sort of been stashing right. him because they ran out of bodies, and he got out there. Makes a play. Uh, he got burned on the pass to Deontay Johnson, but then rallied back and forced a fumble and basically saved the game on right. the same play. So I think that that is something. Aaron Glenn has talked about that over and over again. Like, we know we're going to have mistakes. This is his whole thing. You can't be afraid of playing young guys. They're going to make mistakes. Yeah. How do they respond? And I think this was another game where that linebacker group, and especially that secondary Kind of answered the bell after they got pushed early. Hey, Will Harris played okay in this game. I would say. I think Will Harris played pretty well today or uh, Sunday. That was one this of the was better. Probably a good Will Harris game because it, it was a good Will Harris downhill game, and physical, and yeah, that's what noted. that's what he can do, right? Yeah, and I, I we bag on him a lot too, but I mean, like Tracy Walker's been playing so well and so hard all year that you know when he went out, it was good to see the rest of those guys pick it up because I think that's what happened. I think when he went out. You saw everyone else because you you know you made the point about Jacobs and and Amani you know making some plays at the end when Walker left the game I felt like even Dean Marlowe was making a couple you know made a couple of hits like I feel like everybody else kind of picked it up and kind of hung in there there were some things where Rudolph just missed some wide <laughs> some wide open like, sure well yeah what would have been plays <laughs> but yeah I mean it was good to see everybody you know kind of hanging in there I guess and I think that that's sort of what we've seen from the Lions defense when they're on their when they're when they're having their best days is when everybody's just sort of no one's getting dominated, you know, like no one's getting like you said about Najee. Like, I mean, he <laughs> I always I was joking with you, like Najee no one runs over walk on corners more than Najee Harris. And he did it a couple times in this game too. <laughs> yeah. And the, the highlight reel plays are the highlight reel plays, but like I think they did a pretty good job with him. I mean he didn't go crazy on them. I mean they they block it pretty well up front anyway. So I think they did okay there. It wasn't like bonkers. And yeah, I mean, they hung in and I think Glenn called a pretty decent game. So it's all more of the same and it makes you wonder, right? Like, what could this be like if they could just get a little more consistent <laughs> yeah. with the pass rush? Like, I think I wonder too, I'm, I'm starting to wonder, like, is it is it about finding the right kind of mixture of guys up there in the right situations? I mean, they're dealing with injuries, of course. I don't know what it is there because I feel like they do have better options with pass rush on this team, but you're right. Like it's just not clicking in, in those situations. And I just wonder sometimes maybe if it's I'm curious on your thoughts, like is it about getting the right kind of group out there to get, I don't know. I don't know what, I can't put my finger on why it's not consistent, but you're right in that it's not. And it's been a weird one to kind of circle on. Yeah, I don't know. This was one of the games. We've seen Aaron Glenn do a pretty nice job dialing up some blitzes. This was one of the games where the blitzes didn't really work. The Steelers yeah. did a nice job picking him up and getting the ball out. And like I said, Rudolph made a couple of plays with his feet to avoid trouble. I, I don't know. I mean, I thought Michael Brockers, I mentioned him in the write-up. I thought he played 
a, a decent game against the run. I, th- I thought he was very active up there. Uh, but, you know, Lee McNeil played 15 snaps. Derek Barnes played 15 snaps. Owens Arike yeah. was at 30% of the defensive snaps. And to me, like, like Deshaun Hand played 68 snaps, which is, I mean, that's probably the most he's ever played in his career, yeah. I would guess. And Campbell said Monday, which... To go back to my point about it being interesting that he never criticizes Goff, someone asked him what they thought about Deshaun Hand, and he said, well, we expect more from him than that. (laughs) Well, you had him out there for 70 70 damn plays, man. Give him a break, man. (laughs) He's not playing well. (laughs) We expect more from Uh, him. (laughs) Some of that was because Flowers got banged up. Um, But I I do think you're right. I was probably like, what the hell? (laughs) Right. Yeah, he's, he's, I I don't know, that. (laughs) Like he specifically feels like a guy who's going to be out the door immediately yeah, when yeah, this season yeah, ends yeah. his contract. I, but, uh, <laughs> I do think that they are limited in, I, I like I mentioned owns Arike and McNeil because I think those are the guys I'd like to see more because they're not getting really yes. anything yeah. from an interior Agreed. pass rush. And we know without Romeo Okora, they're kind of limited off the edge. They didn't dress Austin Bryan again, so that takes away one of your options. You know, Julian Okora had one of his games where you he had the pick that Rudolph floated right he to did. him, but otherwise, you know, he I he, he didn't yep. do a whole lot. Uh, Charles Harris has gone back to you know sort of what he was before he was in Detroit to some extent. Like I think he's been fine, but he's not mm-hmm. making plays every week like he did for that stretch for a bit. Uh, so you're kind of limited here. We know they're limited. They're not getting any pass rush from like Nick Williams. Uh, no. So I think that that's to me. I'd still like to see more of Barnes and McNeil, and just, especially really Barnes. Like yeah, just uh, turn him loose a few times and let's see loose. what happens. Turn him loose. Uh, I, I agree because I do think yeah. they're limited, and that was a rough game. Uh, but again, you know, you had no pass rush there. The Steelers no. threw 50 times, and I know Mason Rudolph played a bad game and isn't a very good quarterback but again you give up 16 points on the road uh you don't give up you hold harris to i mean he got 105 yards but it took him 26 carries didn't score it was all there yeah it was (laughs) they did so much that they wanted to do uh the one one thing i did want to ask you about the touchdown uh that the Steelers had the passing touchdown that James Washington was a total bust in coverage. They yeah. had another one that should have been a touchdown to McLeod was just, no one covered him Same ever. Thing. Yeah. And uh, Rudolph sort of spiked it at the one yard line for whatever reason. My God, that was a bad throw. <laughs> the third, third down conversion uh, on a crossing route or a corner route where AJ Parker immediately turned and threw his hands up like someone else was supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. There's like four or five of these moments a game where they just have these brutal busts. Right. Is it still okay because it's Jerry uh, Jacobs and it's AJ Parker, or are you getting worried that those things aren't being? Corrected? No, I mean I think that to a degree, I think it's probably passable because I think it's communication and I think it's rookies being rookies and young guys being young guys. I think that's what it is because it's it seems like every time like the like the uh, first one the touchdown was clearly you know Jacobs and I think Walker were ta- he was asking Walker a question like right before the snap and that's never a good sign. You know, I don't I don't want to get into their head, pretend I'm in their head and know what they were talking about, but like that's usually indicative of, you know, we're going to have five guys playing two different coverages here and you know that's not really a good thing. So, um yeah, I mean it's that's why I've been critical of the decision not to invest more in safety. Like I think that that's that's where sure. I go with that. Like I think Walker, 
has done a lot this year to make himself a better player, and he's going to be the guy that you want him to be. I think that I'm I'm there with him. I I've seen enough. You know, you want to get him healthy there for the rest of the year, but I think he's had a really good. He's been good, really good. You know, a really good answer from him after an up and down year, and so you like that. But man, like there, if you could get one more guy back there with some savvy who could sort of help set the table for you, so you weren't totally reliant on your sideline at all times. You know, like that's probably the one thing that's missing there, but maybe that is, maybe that is a criticism of Glenn too, you know, where it's like, Hey, maybe there's something you guys got to do there to shore that up because part of that's just football. I mean, part of that's like, and he's talked about that before. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, at least just play this play to the structure, play to your help, like know where you're at in the scheme. And some of that's going to be on the roster. And then some of that's going to be on the guys being young and sort of kind of finding their way. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do there. I think that's just part of playing the hand you're dealt. And that's why when we wrote last week or two weeks ago about what we think, what we know about the Lions, like they've got to really go into this offseason and make sure they take Aaron Glenn's input <laughs> big time. Like especially with free agency in the draft on what they want out of corners and safeties because I think they could fix this thing a lot faster than people might realize if they could get that short up. You know what I mean? Like, it, if you could get a couple answers back there and settle yourself down on the back end, you're not that far away. You're just not. They, they've got some nice pieces here that, like Chris just said a minute ago, if you cut some of these young guys loose at the right time, but same thing, you flip it on the other side. Like, if you can't thread it all together, it's all kind of just out there, and, yeah, it hurts. You've mentioned Walker a few times in his development, and I think that that – as we sort of look ahead to this offseason, his contract's about to be up. That's one. I think you've got think to you keep, keep him. him. I think yeah. you've got to give him some money, mm-hmm. give him make four him or five years. Guy, and yeah. ma- mm-hmm. Right. Make him part of this because it's not just the playmaking and the communication and all that, but he is, you know, as much as Campbell talks about Alex Anzalone, when I watch that team, especially this Sunday, Tracy oh Walker God, to me yes. is a heart and soul guy. Like yep. He was out there talking trash to the Steelers yep. fans. He was throwing a his shoulder into Najee Harris. He got hurt. Unfortunately, like you like prefer to see him just make a tackle and stay in the game, but he got hurt because he was trying to knock Mason Rudolph yep. into the next county on that yep. run and the pop the ball <laughs> loose. Like he was trying to come up and and yeah, just yeah. force a fumble, make a huge hit there. He is exactly the type of mentality out there that the Lions are looking for right now. So, like I said, for as much as they talk about Anzalone and doing all the right things, I continue to see it every single Sunday from Tracy Walker that he is just that type of guy that that players are going to rally around. I agree. And when they're playing well, if this ever starts clicking, fans are just going to go nuts for this guy (laughs) because he is – just the way he flies around and the way he wants to play. And so I think, like you said, they've been evaluating this. I think you've got to commit to him and make sure that he's part of this moving forward because you've gotten, I don't know, maybe you'd like to see him pick off a couple more passes or something, but I don't know what else you could ask from him. He's done I I think he's exactly what you, exactly right. I agree with everything you said, perfectly stated. And I, I would add on to that, that I think that you need to, make it a priority to help him now. I think that you need to get him a bet, you know, and Will Harris is playing hard and he's doing things. And maybe if you think you can get something else out of him, fine. But I think it needs to be a priority to get, uh, you know, another safety with him back there that 
helps him grow and, you know, sort of helps support him and, and, and continue that sort of journey with it. Like, I feel like Tracy Walker shouldn't have to be running around cleaning up everyone's mistakes all the time. <laughs> like, right, I feel right. like that's yeah, what that's fair. He, he is spending a lot of his energy cleaning up other people's errors, trying to, you know, make up ground where they're losing it in other spots. And I think that you owe it to him now as a guy who I think that we've seen, he can make plays for you in the run game. He can make plays for you, you know, if he's in, you know, all the way into it, like he is, then I want, I would want him to be spending his energy making plays and not not spending it trying to cleaning up messes for other people. So I think that as much as I agree with everything there on like you pay him and you make him a face of the franchise type guy, you know, that kind of thing, he's here for it. I think you also need to invest around him, you know, and make sure that you're, you're putting guys back there that are, that are going to bring it at his level, you know, cause I think that that's, you got somebody like that, then you want to put guys around him that, that can kind of match that, you know? And I think that that's, that's what I see from him. I, I, I think you're right. I think that you've got a, a really good young player that you can put in there and he can demand more of the people around him, you know, like he can help the way that Aaron Glenn does, I guess, as a coach, like he can help demand more out of younger defensive backs if you give him that chance, but you do have to sort of help him with talent around him too. Cause I think that sometimes he's kind of left holding the bag back there completely yeah, alone and it's not fair. Yeah. Right. No, that's a really good point. Cause I, even just looking as trying to pull up his stats here as we're talking and he hasn't had a pick since 2019. And I think, yeah, it, some of that you want him to go take some chances, make some more plays. But I do think that you're right that a lot of this is just because they're telling him, especially this year, like you have to, we need you to, handle sideline to sideline don't let anything kill us yeah, like right. you are in charge of everything beyond the linebacker level yeah, right. <laughs> and make sure that we are not getting burnt you know last year was a totally different story they played him out of place it was just mm-hmm. the scheme didn't work for him this year i think that you're right i think that this is just you're our cleanup guy so we can't have you don't please don't take any chances because yeah. we can't afford to have you out of and position. And he's a really good cleanup guy, too. I don't want to say that he's not. That's yeah, part of his game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that he – I think that that's right. I think that if you had some more help around him, yeah. you could then say, all right, let's turn him loose a few times. Here. Let's give yeah, him right. – <laughs> he had the sack of Garoppolo in week one. Like, you could do some of that stuff with him, too. Let's just so. let him yeah. fly around a little he's more. A good player. Uh, yeah, I think you've gotten some development. And again, as sort of the theme here, a lot of what is happening this season, even at 08 and 1, you look at and you can see yeah, that yeah. growth <laughs> coming. You can see the yeah. building blocks being put down, and then you go back to the things that aren't working. And it just, yeah. And it's it just, sort of sucking the life out of stuff. But it's hard, but like, it's also like, look, like Charles Harris played, I think he played pretty well in this game. Yeah. But also, like, that role. Okay, imagine Kayvon Thibodeau playing that role, okay? Like, that's the type of stuff I think that you need to sort of squint at, I would say, as you go down the road here. Like, for the rest of the season, there are spots on the field that if they can really flip the talent, they can have a way better defense immediately. You know what I mean? Like, if they can get one corner in here that can, like reasonably play pretty well and be like a you know a guy that you're not just going to get a freebie on and one guy at that like Thibodeau spot this looks a lot different 
Right. Am I wrong? Do you agree? And I think that I would not have said that at the at the start of the year. I don't think. And I think I'm to that point now. I think that if you can get like two playmakers on this defense in the front and back, then you, I'm not saying it's going to be the best defense in a league, but like it's going to be a much better outfit overall. And you you might even be surprised by it. And I guess just to t- sort of tie a bow on this and go back to what we were talking about at the start, I think this is why. I think people are still a little nervous about, well, not a little nervous. I think they're very nervous about Brad Holmes still because we don't know really what he's capable of as the general manager. We talked about this in that story you mentioned, you know, what we believe and what we know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what we believe, what we know. Um, They had, I think you can say at this point, they had a good draft. We'll find out how good it is over the next couple of years, but I think we can say they had a good draft. draft. I think he did a good job. Cleaning up Bob Quinn's, you know, financial mistakes for the most part, <laughs> right. other than bringing in the golf contract. Yeah. He's got us some extra picks. Uh, he found some guys who have helped that yes. are on short-term deals, cheap. You know, Anzalone, Raymond. Um, you know, so he's found some guys. Mm-hmm. The golf thing's still hanging over all this. Yeah. The fact that some of these other guys that they were counting on to be starters didn't pan out. You know, right. Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman and all that for various reasons is still hanging over this. They he's part of the reason that we're talking about, you know, them piecing it together every week. Yes, they've gotten clobbered by injuries, but they probably didn't do enough to bring right. in depth when they needed to, and now you're kind of scrambling. And so this is this is the nerves of the offseason creeping in. If you're gonna have the number one or number two pick and another first round pick and a high second round oh pick my God. and some money to spend <laughs> How are you going to make this team more competitive next year? Are you going to say, all right, well, we're sticking with Goff, and yeah. uh, let's bring Charles Harris back to be our number three defensive end. We don't need to draft a guy early. We're getting Romeo. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, this is – it's early in the tenure. This isn't like a make-or-break year necessarily for Brad Holmes, but he's got to – this is big to sort of – this is the year where he yeah. really is – Campbell sort of – set his course here like this was the year for Campbell to lay his groundwork for what this team is going to be and how it's going to be day to day I think this offseason is when Holmes says all right now I can get to work a little bit and we're going to see I don't know what it's going to look like I would say uh, to to add to that I'd say this is the he can't have any mistakes uh, this offseason like I think that it's not necessarily like you have to hit a home run with every decision you make you can't have any like what the hell was that like that that is now (laughs) right that's the territory that he's at right here because you know, last year your hands were tied, and this year your hands are going to be tied to a degree in terms of the finances and everything else. But now the draft possibilities here, like to transform your roster, are super high now. Like you're now in, like this is why you traded Stafford. This is why you did this. This is why you put yourself through all this. So now, yes, it's time to deliver on, and in the hard part, I guess, for Holmes is like you said earlier with the draft, like, you can reasonably by the end of a year tell if a guy had a solid draft, but we're not going to know if it was a franchise making or breaking draft or whatever you want to call it until three or four years go down the road. We're just not going to know that, but like it can't be, you know, just what is happening here mistakes or, you know, things not working out like, and I, and I don't think that there was any of that. This, the golf thing is the one that sits there this year as the, like that was avoidable. Prop it was avoidable. You didn't have to do that. There could have been other ways to trade Stafford, and I think that that's the one that people 
can point to and say like that was a reasonably we could say that was maybe a mistake. Everything else he's done, I don't know if the risk was high enough to go back and look at it and be like, well, that was a huge error. Like you know, that's fair. Yeah, signing Tyrell Williams. Yeah, you right. know, it didn't work out, but like nothing ventured, nothing gained to a degree. I mean, on a lot of these. So going forward, though, those go away. And now it's going to be, yeah, there's going to be more ventured, I guess, is my point. So, yeah, I think I agree with what we wrote really at the end there was like he's he has to have a really good offseason, a really big offseason. It's got to be just really smart and sharp and good. It can't be any like curveballs out of left field, like what the hell are you doing? Why are you drafting Jelani Tavai in the second round? Brad, what's going on here, man? You know, like we can't, we can't see any of that, you know, like, so I think that it's been very logical to this point with him. Everything he's done is, you know, it's, it hasn't been surprising. Um, And I think to a degree you like that. I like that. I I think that that speaks to consistency and someone who understands their process. So I think I'd, I'd like, you'd like to see more of that, but also like when there's time to take a swing, maybe, maybe you take a swing too, you know, like I, I, I think there maybe needs to be some more urgency as they go into this offseason. I think maybe they would plan for that too. I think that maybe that's part of the plan. But yeah, I think he needs to have a big a big year here uh, in general. Well, we got eight more games between now and then. Uh, maybe yeah. a couple more ties. Um, <laughs> they're in Cleveland cool. this week. Will be tough, even, depending on Baker Mayfield's. I mean, I guess even if Baker Mayfield doesn't play, it'll be tough. But uh, yeah. in Cleveland and then home. Uh, for Thanksgiving against the Bears, so we'll uh, have a show sort of in between there, I guess, uh, next there, Tuesday yeah. as, as as usual, coming out of Cleveland and previewing the Thanksgiving game and maybe setting up uh, sort of the, the last month and a half of the season, see if the Lions have uh, their first win on the board coming out of next Sunday. So uh, make sure you get over to the Athletic app. If you haven't, get a subscription. You can get us ad-free there, or if not, you can find one of these years on uh, Google Google, Apple Play, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Get them all Google confused. Play. Uh, but you can get them any, any of those spots. You can send us questions if you want on Twitter uh, or email or wherever. And uh, we'll be back again next week. So for Nick, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.